Hi to all our listeners. This is Coach Chelsea, the host of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, a place where athletes, coaches, and athletic professionals come together to talk about faith, sports, and servant leadership. We hope that this podcast blesses you. If there's anything we could do for you, please find us at the Chelsea F on Twitter, at Chief Friend John, C H E F R A N J O H N on Instagram and streaming live at Chelsea F. Muir on Facebook. We pray that you continue to be blessed and continue to serve as God would ask us to. I want to thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, I'm so excited about this one. You know, I was laughing and joking because just like, uh, was the song Jay-Z says, uh, I was, what's better than one Burton two? And, you know, just to be in this format, uh, we've been doing this for now eight months and that blows my mind. Just coaches and leaders coming together to not talk about X's and O's and recruiting and sideline plays, but to get a moment to just normalize coaches of faith to be able to get with other coaches, step off the sidelines, step off the field, step off the the mound, and be able to just talk about how God has impacted our lives and to push us and show us what servant leadership looks like in the face of so many different coaches. And today we have Coach Jason Burton with us. I was so thankful to meet you, Jason, um, just in, you know, the midst of talking with, you know, your brother and paying attention to the man of God that you've become and the role model in in the faith for your brother, but also shedding some wisdom on previous calls with us. And there was no way we didn't get you on. And so I'm just so thankful to you that when I reached out, it was like, yep, let's do it. So I'm so excited just to hear from you, pick your brain today, hear what servant leadership looks like, basically from you from uh, Texas A&M Commerce. So I'm glad that you switched over to the women's side because, you know, hey, I know what that journey looks like. Uh, so kudos to you, and I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you, but I thank you so much just for being here today. No, I appreciate it. It's, it's awesome to be able to, to be on this platform. Um, it's funny, I, I, I talked to one of my former players who also was on my staff. She called me at, like, noon, and we were talking, we were catching up, and uh, she saw that I was going to be on this, and she said, servant leader. She thought I was doing it. I, I don't know why she thought that, but she was like, she reminded me that I asked her, like, that was one of my interview questions. Like, that I asked assistant coaches is, what does it mean to be a servant leader? And she's like, I don't know that I knew at the time, but I appreciate you. I appreciate you showing the way. Um, but it, it's it's funny because I literally, I haven't had to hire a coach in a couple of years. And so you don't necessarily look at your interview questions all the time. But that was, that was something that I had on there. Um, but I, I don't know that I would have had that on there. Um, at the at the beginning of my career and so I guess that's what I was going to talk to talk to you guys about today just in seeing your email and everything and what to talk about um I guess I'll share a little bit of my journey um and the kind of what we're doing now but man I think you know I got into this this coaching business on the men's side at 21 and here at A&M Commerce coaching men not knowing what I'm doing uh but just having a passion for basketball and, and really my whole my whole thought process. And I think like, like a lot of coaches thought process is, you know, how can I be the best? And, and I want to be a head coach and I'm naive at 21. You know, I, my, my goal was to be a college head coach by age 30. 
And, you know, how can I do that the fastest? And, and it wasn't about, it was, it was not about being a servant leader at all. I don't think I got that memo till, till way down the line. Um, and uh, I just remember hustling at, at, at in my early 20s, trying to get my master's degree, trying to learn the game, but it was all geared toward how can I be the best? Like I wanted to be a Coach K, a, a Roy Williams, those some of the greatest. And, and you know, I'm on the men's side, so I'm thinking in terms of those names. But how can I be the goat? Was was my thought process. And uh, I was here four years. I left at age 25 down to Texas State. But before that, I can remember being like 23, 24 years old, applying for head coaching jobs. Like, what am I doing? Like, I look back at them. Like, I was I was so naive to think that I was ready. Um, and, but I work for, I work for probably the, 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 the best boss I could ask for and a guy named Sam Walker here. And I think he modeled, he didn't necessarily talk about being a servant leader, but he modeled it and just his actions and, and, and who he was for his family, who he was for this community. Like every time I went to his house, there were random kids at his house. I'm like, who are all these kids running in and out of your house? But he was always that house that, uh, you know, people wanted to be there and, and he never locked his doors. He was always feeding somebody. And Thanksgiving time, all these people from the community would go to his house and it would just be like, that was, that was his heart. And so he never talked about the term servant leader and he really never talked about God, but he showed, he showed who he was and his actions every day. And, and, um, you know, literally every single job that I've gotten in my career is, he's put a stamp of approval on it. And not just that, like he pushed me. When I, when I went to Texas State and I left here and I went to Texas State, he sold the, the coach down there, like you need to hire this guy. Um, and I went down there and I say, by the grace of God, like just, just really growing in my faith down there and, and getting involved in, in small groups and, and um, uh, kind of learning who I was as far as my faith because I'd never really gone away from home. And that was probably the furthest, even when I was, I was working, I was probably an hour away from, from my roots and, and being a little further away from home, I kind of had to, that's where I started leaning on God. And, and I'm, I'm glad I did because two years after I was down there, I, you get, I got fired and not necessarily me, but my head coach got fired. And I think it's one of the toughest things in this business and it's inevitable. Like if you're in coaching long enough, you're probably going to be on a staff that you get fired or you don't get retained or in some form or fashion, even when you, I mean, Dez, my, my boy Dez is on the skull, won a national championship and had a coaching change. His his coach got a division one job where, you know, you got different things as far as forming the staff and and he was one of the ones that, that didn't go. And, and so it's crazy how things can work out. You can have success and that success can turn around and it can be, uh, it, it can lead to not the, the avenue that you thought you were going to go down. And so, I'm, my whole mindset, though, was still like, how can I be head coach by the age of 30 uh, in this business? And, and so I, I got options um, as far as what am I going to do when I leave Texas State? And, and is it going to be, do I go in to be a Division One assistant coach somewhere else? And at the time, I was dating this young lady. I thought I was going to marry her. I asked her input. And all these cities, you know, when you're coaching and you're coaching in college, they're not necessarily the best cities that you want to live in. It was like, uh, I think, I think Boise State was one of the options that I was looking at, and she was like Boise, Idaho. I'm not going to Boise, and then Huntsville, Texas was one at Sam Houston State, and I end up going to Dallas and taking a head coaching job. 
And um, then I get down there and she doesn't even move, but that's a whole different story. I take this high school job and, uh, and I'm telling you, man, like it's crazy how, I, I don't know how people get through life without having faith. Um, I, when I lost my job at Texas State, I never worried. Like I never was worried about anything just because at that point in my faith, like I knew that God had something in store for me. Um, and I give my brother a lot of credit because he's been at a lot of different schools right now. And, and his faith is really shining through. If you, if you saw your, and you were there, you, you're hearing him talk a couple of weeks ago and, and where he is and what he's doing, how God has opened these different doors for him. Um, that I know that that's not his original plan. It's funny how man has these plans, but God has a different plan for you. Um, so I, I leave Texas state and I'm a high school head coach. And I'm thinking again, all right, well, I'm not a college head coach by 30, but I'm 27 years old and I'm coaching this high school. I'm about to be the best high school coach to ever do this. And uh, we win one game that year. I'm in the toughest district in the state of Texas and we win one game and I'm like, what am I doing? But I learned so much that year, man. I think, I think this is a profession where being a servant leader is not talked about. It's not thought about really. Uh, it's very rare. Um, it's about wins and losses. It's about wins and losses for a lot of reasons. That's how you feed your family. That's how you get promotions. That's how you get notoriety in this thing. And I think it's the most fleeting thing is that, man, I was talking about this in a, in a Bible study I'm doing with a couple of guys at, at my university. I was talking about this yesterday. Like, you win a game and you're so high. Like, we had probably the best victory that our schools had in women's basketball this year of a sold out crowd I mean it's standing room only and it's two top 10 teams we were number four in the country at the time Lubbock Christian is number nine and we have a huge win at home and man it's the most incredible feeling and it's a Thursday night game well guess what we got a game on Saturday so you're like you're on this high for about three hours and then you're like well let's turn around and do it again let's not let's not get caught slipping on Saturday because it's easy to have a letdown and so while you're chasing these wins and 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 these career moves, it's only temporary satisfaction. And it's, it wasn't until I had that one lost season and for whatever reason, God opened this door. Texas A&M Commerce, there's an opening on the women's side, right? After I've had my first head coaching stint and after I'm, I got one win as a high school head coach, somehow, some way I got the job at Texas A&M Commerce because of what I did previously on the men's side. Uh, there and the relationships I built there to be the head coach on the women's side of Texas A&M Commerce. And so I'm back in this mode, like I'm about to be, I'm about to knock this thing out the park and I'm about to be a division one head coach by the age of 30. Watch me do this. And I get on, I get there and I'm grinding. I, I'm in a dorm for the first two months. I don't even get a place to stay. I'm like, just give me a place to lay my head so I can go recruit. And uh, we grind it out get my staff hired and we put together an amazing recruiting class and I finally get to the point where I'm comfortable. I get a place to stay. I got boxes. I'm unpacking boxes and I get a phone call and it's like, Hey, I think two of your, I think some of your players got in an accident in Paris, which is like 40 minutes away. And I'm like, nah, my, my, my players, they told me they're in the gym. Again, how naive am I that I think they're in actually in the gym when they said they're going to be in the gym. But uh, long story short, four of my players get into a car accident. Two of them pass away. Um, the two that are in the back seat pass away. 
And it wasn't until that moment that I, I, everything shifts for me as far as just my thought process and not just like that moment, but that experience, because I was so, when I got the job, I was so busy being on the road, recruiting, trying to put together this, this, this team so that I can win and I can advance my career and leave that I'm not focusing on building the relationships that I need to build. And I'm not, I'm not focusing on the community here. Um, and so I realized that I had never talked to the young lady's parents before I'd never met them. And so the first time me meeting these young ladies' parents is after their daughters had passed away. And so it's like what a like life perspective right there when they ha- you have a new coach and you, I didn't even pick up the phone and call these people until I'm letting them know that their daughter had passed away. And so um, that was, that was something I never wanted to experience again. And, and that whole first year to me was no longer about wins and losses. It was about well, how do we get, how do we get this team through this situation? How do we get this community through this situation? Because I think coach Ferris can, was there at the time and probably can attest to it. Like the day it happened, it was, it was June 3rd. And so school's not really going on. But on June 4th, we had a vigil, candlelight vigil at our school, and over 2,000 people show up in the summertime. And we're talking about students from all over the country that came back to be there for these young ladies because of, how, because of the impact they had on their lives. And I'm like, man, who are these young ladies that they would have such an impact that all these people would want to come back? And then their individual high schools both had vigils. And it's kind of the same thing. You're like, man, these people were special. Um, and just a quick story on both of them. So uh, Dominique and, and, and Aubrey are their names. And so Dominique was a huge Kevin Durant fan, huge Kevin Durant fan. So she passed away and all these people are hitting up social media and they're, they're, they're tagging Kevin Durant and they're like, hey, this is the story. This girl, she passed away. Can you do something? And so he puts a picture of her on, on Instagram. And I mean, that like made everybody's day, made their parents' day. And uh, if you can find some type of comfort in that moment, you're like, wow. And he had just won MVP. So you're like, the MVP of the NBA is shouting out these girls from Commerce Tech. They're in Commerce, Texas. Like, wow, what type of impact did they have? And then so the other girl, Aubrey, loved Beyonce. So they're like, let's do the same thing. Let's see if we can get Queen B to 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 do something, say something, whatever. And there was there was no response from from uh Beyonce but I'm at I'm sitting at IHOP because my at the time my boss was like I I hate to say this but you still gotta you still gotta fill those scholarships like you gotta have players so I'm it's probably like a couple weeks later and I got a player on campus and it's a recruit she's visiting right we're sitting at IHOP having breakfast and I get a call from New York and I'm like maybe I've been recruiting someone from New York let me answer the phone and she's like hey this is Yvette I'm Beyonce's publicist what's going on? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm tripping. I'm at IHOP and Beyonce's publicist is calling me. And long story short, Jay-Z and Beyonce are about to come to Dallas. It's the honor on tour. They're like, hey, we want to send you a hundred tickets. We heard about what happened. We want y'all to come to the concert. I'm like, wait, that might be an NCAA violation. Let's, the hundred tickets might be a little bit too much, but she's like, well, we'll send you 50. Just make sure your players come, make sure the families come. And I, I'm backtracking. I'm like, wow, like these young ladies live lives in such a way that 
the MVP of the NBA and Beyonce, who is like queen of the world, have both like done something to honor these young ladies. And I'm like, what type of, what type of person am I right now that I'm so worried about wins and losses and these people are affecting lives. And I, when I tell you that that completely changed my mentality, just as a coach, like I want to make sure I'm making an impact for people that goes beyond wins and losses. And when you start really, like when you get in this business long enough, you realize that you're going to win a lot of games and you're going to lose a whole lot of games. And if the only thing in this business that's making you happy is a win at the end of the day, then you're going to be a miserable coach and you're not going to be somebody that wants to be around you and you're not going to have an impact. And so, man, we started focusing on developing the people and the relationships with the people and our players and our community. And when we started doing that, like when we started really investing in our players, we start really investing in our, our community, then you start seeing everything else works out. And like the turnout, like the turnout that we've had for games, I, I would say like, and we play double headers with our men, but this year is probably the first year I've ever seen where we have just as many, and, and in a lot of cases, more people at the women's game than the men's game, which doesn't really happen in this business. We're just being honest. And it's because of just years and years of really investing in the people and, and being with, you know, your show about the servant leader. Um, and I'll tell you, so that that first year, we, I started doing things that I didn't even think about as a coach. Like we started having, my staff had to meet with players one-on-one -on -one to not talk about basketball, <clears throat> but just to talk about life and academics and make sure, like check on their mental health. Like, before mental health really started becoming a big thing, like we had to start doing that. We had to start checking on their mental health every week because you don't know like how, you know, <clears throat> three months down the line, they're still affected by it. Six months down the line while everybody else has moved on, this was like their sister that passed away. So how are they doing mentally? Um, and we had a young lady named Natalie Hesson who she came and she was a division one transfer and she wanted to, um, she wanted to have some type of, you know, Bible study on campus for student athletes. And, and uh, this is where Athletes in Action came into play. We, we, we started a group, and John's on here now, started a group called Athletes in Action. And one of the biggest, like, legacies that I have and one of the coolest things is that, so we started Athletes in Action on our campus based on a young, women, young women's basketball player that wanted it. Um, and in year one, it was like me and the assistant coach leading it. And my wife was, was helping out. And, um, and then we started, we got connected with the National Athletes in Action and became an official affiliate. And then John, um, who's on this call, started coming over and, and really helping and really leading it. But somebody, the, the young lady who started it on our campus, she's now a teacher and a coach in Fort Worth. Well, she's now via Zoom leading my team through small group Bible study. And then we had our first one this past Sunday where 13 of our players showed up for 13 out of 17. It's not something that we ever want to make mandatory, uh, but we definitely want to offer it as much as we talk about, you know, the student and the student athlete and then mental health. Like we don't talk about spiritual health and we don't talk about spirituality and we don't talk about faith. And that's, that to me plays a huge part when it comes to mental health, because again, mentally, I don't know how people 
make it without having faith. I don't, I don't know how they do it. And I think that's why we're in a, in a world that's, that's a struggling world a lot of times. And um, especially during this pandemic where, you know, everything is difficult for everybody. Um, in some form or fashion, I don't care how much money you have, you're, you're still, you're still going through it in some, in some fashion. Um, life's just not normal. Life's just not the same. And, and so um, the only way that I know how to get through it is I know that there's somebody, I know that God is in control. I know that Jesus is, is, is holding this whole thing together. Um, so it's, it's, it's amazing though, to see this thing come around full circle and to see a former athlete now coming back and giving it to our team. And like this year, this year was the best year in our school's history. Uh, we started out the year 25 and 0. Uh, we finished Lone Star Conference champions, made it to the NCAA tournament back to back years. And we're, you know, we, we were 28 and three um, going into the NCAA tournament and three of those losses, our All-American guard, our leading scorer was, was hurt. So I, I feel like if she didn't get hurt, we probably don't lose a game. Um, and so in our minds, we're really about to win a national championship. And we literally are down there where we just practiced and then we get a phone call that the tournament's canceled. And you're like, I mean, the best year ever and your tournament's canceled. And, and from, a, from a coach and career-wise, you know, you have to think that there were going to be a career advancement opportunities based off this season. Um, you got to think from the player standpoint, like you're never going to get a season like this back. The seniors that don't get to play again were robbed of something that could have been, um, you know, so, so special. And it, it still was a special season. We got rings and all that, but we were missing out on, on, on what we think are important things as athletes and coaches. And, um, it's just a reminder that <clears throat> there's so there's so much bigger. There's so many things that are bigger than basketball. They're bigger than sport, um, and it's easy. It's easy to get wrapped up into the ways of the world, man. And I, I think that again, like if that's all that it's about is the wins and losses, I would probably be so crushed right now based on what happened because um, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity that season, but. Uh, man, it, I, I'm looking around, and, and Evan Lukey, who's on this this call, is is somebody else that actually came to Christ through our athletes in action. He wasn't a basketball player; he was a cross country um, student athlete, and now working for Stephen F. Austin, um, and somebody that I've been able to mentor during this time. Like, I've been able to develop so many relationships, and really been able to find joy and happiness and other things outside of basketball because of because of faith, because of serving. Um, and I think that as a coach, like that's what it's all about. So I'm so excited to be on this thing. I'm so happy that you're doing this because I think that this is when people ask me why I do this, this is my ministry. Like this is my call. Um, I have a passion for, for basketball, but I have a passion for, for people and for, and for helping people and developing people. Um, that's to me, that's what this thing is about. And I just happen to get to do basketball, but this basketball is such a small part of the day. Like I think we've worked out for an hour and a half today. Well, what am I doing with the rest of my day? And if I'm only concerned about like this, there's seasons where you only play 28 games, 30 games. So if your whole year and your whole happiness is based on the result of 30 days, then 
you're probably pretty miserable the rest of the time if 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 during those 30 days it doesn't go the way you want it to go and so as a young coach like I, I never I never thought about it that way I never put it into perspective that way um but I also learned that in, in doing this, like in doing it this way and changing my mentality and my thought process towards coaching, like we've had a lot more success because there's been a lot more buy-in because our players realize that our staff is not just about wins and losses. Like our staff actually cares about people. And that's, to me, that's why I has asked that question in the interview process. Like, what is a servant leader to you? Because we want to hire the right type of people. If, if my staff doesn't have the same, thought process the same alignment as me then it's not going to work out I got to have people that are like-minded um, and how our program looks and the makeup and the DNA of our of our program is so important um, and that's why high school didn't work for me I want to I want to be able to recruit my players and be able to handpick the type of people that I want in our environment because I feel like our environment can be transformative to our community and to our university if we have the right type of uh, makeup in it and so uh, I mean, that's, that's a lot of my story. I, I would say this, uh, I'm big on books. I'm big on, on reading. I would say um, there's four books that really have kind of developed me um, and shaped my mindset. When I was, when I was going through uh, some of those tough seasons, those early seasons, there's a book called, um, called Lead for God's Sake. And it's actually a basketball book. And if you hadn't read that, it, it talks about a coach that, um, kind of learns the same life lessons that I was learning at the time as far as why we do this. Um, everybody knows what we do as coaches, but the why is different for everybody. Um, and that why is such an important piece, such, such an important component to, to what we're doing. Uh, if your why is not right, then, then your what is going to be off. And people aren't even going to care about the what if your why is wrong. Um, Soup by John Gordon, and really all John Gordon's books are, are great but soup talk kind of talks about like you and me can have the same ingredients as a chef, but if I'm making my, my soup with love and you just going through the motions, throwing stuff in the pot, it, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to come out two differently, two totally different ways. And so um, it's all about who's stirring the pot is, is, is what soup's about. Uh, I'm currently reading man in the mirror. And I think for men, it's a great book because it talks about, things that men go through, the thought processes that we go through, the rat race, uh, things that, that, that man says is important versus what God says is important. Um, and it kind of puts things back into perspective. And then um, Traveling Light is a book by Max Lucado, and it goes through Psalm 23. And I hadn't talked about my family much on this, but I mean, my family is my rock. And um my wife, who is the better basketball player in the family, she played at Abilene Christian um, and is a woman of God. We lost two, we lost two babies early in our marriage. And that's, that's one of the toughest things to go through is, as you're married, and especially early in your marriage, is like, man, if you don't have a foundation and a foundation that's built on faith, then what do you go back through? And um, we were reading this book, Traveling Light, during the time like that's kind of what got us got us through it is we kept going back to the word and, and that God has greener pastures for us and God has a design a plan for our life and even though it didn't work this time he has some voice in the future and you can fast forward now we have a, a son that's 14 months old 
his name is Braylon and he's awesome. And a blessing through this COVID is, you know, when I look back on my life and I look back at the struggles we had to, to have babies at first, and now we have one. And now I'm able to spend time with them. Although I didn't have some of the other things I wanted career-wise, basketball-wise, being able to be around friends and family, like I get to be around my son during this time who was his blessing, was something that we prayed for for years. Um, and so hindsight's always twenty twenty, and God always has this, this design for our lives. That if during the time when we're going through the fire, um, you know, that heat can, can make you feel a certain way. And God, that God says, he's not going to let you get burned, but you doesn't mean you're not going to go through the heat a little bit, that you're not going to go through the fire. Uh, but to come on the other side and to see, man, looking back, like he, he was doing some things during this whole time and during this COVID, like I'm getting able to, I'm able to spend time with this son, with this precious thing that we prayed for, for so, so long, like, wow, I see what you're doing now. And so, uh, sometimes it takes some, some reflecting and some, and some, and some looking at things from a different perspective to really uh, realize what God was doing at the time. And when you're going through it, it doesn't always feel that way. It's not fun. But uh, if you have the right mentality, the right mindset, that it's easy to, to uh, know that God's in control. And so um, I'll say this, man, I have a huge support system. I have the best staff. Uh, my family is awesome to see. I, a lot of this call, I have family members on here. Uh, and you know my brother Brian, but it's probably my biggest my biggest supporter. He's he got me into to coaching. Um he shows up all the time as far as stuff and he's the reason why I'm on this today with you. Um and so it, it's awesome to have the family support that I have. They're a huge part of just just my foundation, man. But I really appreciate you being, you having me on this and what you're doing. It was awesome to be able to kind of just share a little bit about me and, and, and my journey. And, and we still, I still got a long way to go, but it's, it's, uh, uh, I feel like I'm doing it for, for the right reason and, and doing it the right way now. Uh, because as, as an early coach, as a young coach, I wasn't, I think this is such a tough business to, to have a mentality of, of serving leadership because especially when you're young, it's, it's hard. I remember in my early twenties, like not making any money, like seeing my boys make money in other fields. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what am I, why am I coaching? I'm, I'm making, I'm eating these peanuts and these, eating these peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and, and uh, living in these bad places, but I'm doing what I love to do. And, and, and it's funny how God has a way of bringing you through some things and humbling you and, and uh, creating a perspective when you allow him to, and, and when you allow him to uh, use you a certain way and, 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 uh, and shape you a certain way. So, so thank you, Chelsea, for having me on. No, thank you. And I'm sitting here, you know, it's so funny. I love, there's always two things going on uh, while we have these calls, right? There's the speaker and we're listening and because we don't want to be rude, we also have our own separate banter over here. And I tell people all the time, if you're just a listener for the podcast, you miss the real fun because the real fun is in the chat box. Um, but real talk, you know, one of the biggest things that you said, and you, you said so much, I wish you could see my pages over here. One of the biggest things you said, I think is so true that when we put things up to perspective, right, and we're coaching a schedule, no matter what sport you coach, um, you're talking about 30 days. 
30 days, right? And, and, and agreed, we understand that, especially on you know, certain levels, we're getting paid by what happens in those 30 days. But the other part to, part to that, and I think what this pandemic has really showed us is there's 365 days in the year. What are we doing with that time to serve others? What are we doing with that time in order to do God's will? You know, um, we've said this in multiple, multiple coaches come on and they say it, and we said it in many calls, your wins and your losses will not be placed on your tombstone. So what are we doing with that time? And so I thank you so much just for your transparency. I already knew God was going to use you mightily today uh, because simply you said at best, our trials and the things that we go through are from moments just like this. So I thank you. You know, I think that's the biggest thing as a Christian and a person of faith. When you learn that those valley moments they're not for you. They're for moments like these. And if we hide them and we hold them, we stop somebody else's breakthrough, right? So right. I appreciate you so much for being here. And granted, I, you know, I'm going to open it up for others first because they know uh, Coach G, I don't even have to see him to know he's chuckling, um, that I can go. So I'm going to open it up for anybody that has a question, comment. We're all family here. Just unmute yourself and have at Coach Burton before I do. I'm not answering any questions until Coach Huff tells me what's going on with these Falcons. <laughs> Y'all come at my guy, and I think he's actually kind of busy today. He's going to come for you. He's a moment of breeze, though. <laughs> you can hit me later on. All right. I tried to give y'all a warning. You know, I like too much silence. So, Coach, here's a question I always ask, and I think it blew. Evan, you just gotta, Evan was about to say something, but he he uh, he's raising. No, it's good. I'll hit you later. Instead of just unmuting. Oh, please no, go just, ahead. Um, how have you been able to balance? How have you been able to balance work with everything else? Like when you're going through miscarriages, and how do you like maintain that work? Like. And dealing with the players' deaths, like, how do you maintain that? Yeah. Not a lot of sleep during them times, man. Uh, and a lot of praying. I think you go through those. I, I was going to say at first, just, you know, have, being being intentional with your time, I think, I think is, is something that I've always tried to do in my late – starting in my late 20s, been, being more intentional with my time. I, I take that back. Like, even early on when I was – coaching and doing a, get, doing a master's degree and all that, I had to plan out my days. And it's the same way, like, with that. And when it came to the the miscarriage, though, like, it, it was putting my wife first. And sometimes that was that was shutting down what I'm doing, shutting down what I thought was important at the time and making sure I'm there for her because she came first during, during that time. And it was the same thing with the players. Like, when the accident happened, I was getting – I'd get a phone call at, like, 1 or 2 in the morning. And sometimes I gotta stop what I'm doing and go and go and, and meet with a player that was that was going through it because you know, we, we could talk about them going to counseling and going to see a counselor and all that, but there's not gonna be counselors available twenty four seven. And sometimes you that's part of your job that they don't tell you that's in the like the other duties as as needed section of the job description. Like you gotta be a counselor too. Like I wish I would have got a counseling degree because I really spent a lot of my time like counseling and mentoring and and trying to get perspective that has nothing to do with basketball it has nothing to do with academics it has to do with coach I'm dealing with this at home coach 
I got this going on. Coach, this, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, whatever. Um, and you have to be able to realize there are certain moments that uh, these members are a part of your family. And when somebody else, talking to my wife about this last week, like when somebody entrusts their kid with you to take care of their kid while they're away from home, like that becomes your family. And if you don't have that mentality that, that that's your own kid, um, then you probably don't care about those, those life moments. But, but when they matter to you like that, and, and they should, as a coach, they should matter to you like that, then, then you got to be there for them in those moments. And, and that was a year after the accident that I knew that I'm going to have to be available 24 seven. And that may mean that I get less sleep. That may mean that I got to be, have coffee in my veins this year, but I'm going to figure out a way to do it. And you also use your resources, man. Your, your coach has got to be on board too. And not just that, like we had a community of people that wanted to, to wrap their arms around our team. And sometimes us as coaches, we, we don't want to delegate. Um, and there's some things you don't need to delegate. There's some things that you need to be there for as the head coach, but you also need to use your network and, and the people that you trust to, to be able to do the job for you as well. And that's what I'll say about here is I'm blessed to have, I got the best staff in the country. I really feel that way. And, and, and they do, they do a hell of a job of, of being an extension of me when I can't, when I can't be present. And so um, they allow me like having a good staff allows me to be a great husband and be a great dad. I think that's really awesome that you say that um, we have anybody else. Coach G said they had one. Yo, <clears throat> Jay, what's going on, man? What's up, man? Nothing much. Um, as always, um, thanks for coming on and sharing your, your, your background and your story and perspective. It, you know, just beginning with that, it takes a lot to come on and, and, and share that because everybody's not willing to. Um, I just wanted to touch on what you mentioned about your coaches trying to build your staff and, and how it was only going to be one way you would build your staff in terms of, you know, the like-minded. And I mean, everybody says that, but when it comes to actually executing their process and when that, like, what is that, that like-mindedness, if you will, because you're trying to do it based off a, a, a faith-based and, a, and a, a rooted type approach in terms of building your staff so that might not always be the popular way. So I guess touch on that and, and how you came about doing that and how you, I guess, try to stick with that and building your staff and then keeping their staff aligned with what you got going on. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, I, I think that, one, just when you get a chance to be a head coach, you – you want to be around people every day that you enjoy being around. Like if I'm going to spend so much of my time around this, this person or these people, like I better enjoy being around you for one. And um, just me being a man of faith and, and knowing who I am, like there's, I think I'm pretty easy to be around. I think I'm pretty easy to work for, but I'm, I'm not a micromanager. So one, I need people that are going to hustle. I need people that are going to work. They got to grind to them. Um, like there's just certain standards that are already going to be expected. And if you can't do X, Y, and Z, like if you don't know basketball, if you can't recruit, 
if you can't do things with character, then I might as well go ahead and ask you out the way. But then we start talking about culture. And to me, this is what's going to separate you. Like, if you got to have something that's going to separate you from, from, from everybody else. And, and if culture-wise, you don't fit what we have going on, and what I mean by that is, like, if you're not willing to serve, if you're not willing to do the laundry, because I don't mind doing the laundry. I don't mind sweeping the floors. I don't mind doing all that stuff. But if the head coach is willing to do it, then you better be willing to do it too. And that's what it means about, about being a servant leader. Like there's not a job that's too big for you. Like, I'm not going to say I'm the head coach. I'm not doing that. Like um, there has to be. And, and then the, ultimately it's about the student athlete. Like if you're not willing to put their needs first and before yours, then it's just not the place for you. That doesn't mean you're not a good coach. It doesn't mean that, that you're not good at your job, but it means you're not good for AM commerce. And to me, that's the most important thing is, is are you going to be the best fit for this place and for our girls and what we have going on? Because I also believe sometimes too, like I might not get the best XNO person and I might not get the best recruiter, but I think that we have a, we have the tools here to make you into a better XNO person and make you into a better recruiter, but you better have the hustle, the heart, the work ethic, the character, the, you better be a person. You better have those ingredients. If we, I can work with those ingredients as long as you have it. But if you don't, like I, Kate is on this call right now, and Kate played for me, um, and she's Russian. I love her. Um, has never has never coached before, and still has to work on her English. But I tell you this, like there are certain things that you're not going to get too many people that are better than her at. And that's like loving people, having a genuine love for our program and for our, our players. And when it comes to work ethic, I can ask her to do whatever. And I know she's going to do it. And she's going to do it with a smile on her face. Like she's not going to do it. Like, oh man, coach got me doing this and doing that. Like, not nah, like this is what she's here for. And I can work with that. Like I, she's night and day as far as from year one to year two, where she wasn't recruiting. She's night and day in her confidence from scouting reports and talking in front of people. Like some of that stuff, you just have to have experience doing and you're not, but if you're willing to do the other stuff, then, then we can work on that and we can, we can get you to where you need to be. But to me, there are certain things, there's certain core things as an assistant coach that you have to be willing to do. And I would rather take the person that is selfless and going to pour into our players and it's going to fit what we do than, somebody that's been doing it for 20 years and thinks they know it all and can get me this player and that player and that player, because we've also won with no name players. You know what I mean? Like, because I, I, we have the same mentality when it comes to our players. Like if they're willing to do things a certain way and run through a wall and you have a certain skill set, then we can make that work. Absolutely. Um, and then I guess my last little thing is just, you know, you talked about impact. So that's one of my big, one of my big focuses, you know, wins and losses, they come, they go. True, we, we want to win. If you're any kind of competitor, you want to win. No, but No question. <laughs> right. And, and you also want to keep your job. But um, at the same time, it's like, how are we doing it? What, what kind of integrity are you doing it with? What kind of character are you building? What kind of relationships are you building with your kids? And I just, I touched on my squad from this weekend. It was our last tournament, but I had the senior team. And 
I mentioned my top two point guards. One's her, one's at her sister's in in her sister's wedding. So I got another one. She had to step up, and she did that. And she was boofing one at the end of the game, like, yo, I let us down because we we missed the championship by a point. Like, you played your butt off. You stepped in. You hadn't been in a, a main point guard role all season. And from Friday to Saturday, you didn't do nothing but improve. Mm-hmm. I can't be more proud of you than that. And if that's the way we're going to go down by a point and everybody was playing their behind off, I ain't going to lie. I had a moment, too. Because if, if you love what you do and, you know, you got a team that, that buys in and they're, they're, they're playing with that effort and everything and it's a special squad, you know, you're going to have emotional moments because it means something to you. So, you know, it just makes me feel even better at the end of the day. I hate everybody having to see me like that, but I know it means something to you and it means something to me. So we can't do anything but get better moving forward. And luckily she was playing up the year, so she has more time to develop. But, you know, those seniors, I can't ask much much more out of them. You know, they did what I asked you to do. So, we, you know, you said something about that and like uh, Chelsea said on the side in the chat. You know, we talk about how many hats we wear, you know, you're a mentor, you're a, you're a counselor, you're a coach, you're a you're mm-hmm. big club, you know, just so many things that goes into it. That I don't think a lot of people on the outside looking in really realize what coaches do. Real real coaches. Right. But you know, thanks for doing thanks for coming on. Thanks for doing what you're doing and keep it up, man. Appreciate it, Coach G. For sure. Coach, um I first I wanna say congratulations on your season. I know it wasn't how you wanted to end, um, I feel for you big time. Um, but beyond that, you mentioned Kate on, and I coached Kate my, her very first year in the United States. Mm-hmm. So you talk about her English. That was when she was at New Mexico. That was my. Oh, I know she didn't think at all at New Mexico. Yeah, that, that <laughs> I was came a long way. way. Yes, you've come a long way, and I think we we did Google Translate the entire time, probably for the first three <laughs> weeks until she even got comfortable saying anything, yeah. but it, it's great to see, like, it was before she, I even saw that she was on the call, you talk, because I know that's where she is, um, listening to you talk about how you run your program was such a, like, a breath of fresh air to hear that, like, one of my girls is at the four-year level now, and obviously coaching, but with someone good, like she's in good hands. And that by itself speaks tremendously. And I really appreciate that. And it's awesome. And I was like, who do we have that can go there? Who do we have that can go there next year? So I'm like, we need to be in touch for sure. Kate, contact me. I'll put my number in there so that you have it. But it's, you're doing amazing work. And I think the record, you said it's a once in a lifetime year. I don't think so when you do it that way. When you do it the way that you do it, it's something that's going to be more common than you think. Well, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I, I always say that about the English to, to touch on the fact that, like, you know, when you're coaching so much, especially at this level, so much of what you do is communication. Like, it's it's making recruiting phone calls. It's talking in front of your team with confidence. And and if, one, to be a, a brand-new coach doing a scouting report that means something in front of a team – but when you're also thinking about like a language barrier, like I'm talking to the team in my second language, like to hire somebody like that, she better be doing a lot of things. And and to see her growth though, and see her confidence from where she started to where she is now is huge. And it's something that she works on all the time as far as 
just speaking and getting more confident in that. And, and, um, but it, it's more about who she is and, and the type of person she is to come over here and, and how she had to self-taught English and, and, but to go from having success at New Mexico junior college to the division one level to she was only, she was only here for me as a player for one year, but the impact that she had as a player, like, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't even hire her as a GA. Like, we, we have these, these luncheons and our donors come and we talk to our, to our uh, donors and I, we have uh, players come from time to time. It was, it was the last one of the year and I had my seniors come and talk. I only had two seniors, um, but Kate talked about how she wanted to stay and be a GA somewhere with my presence there. And my presence like, Kate, if you wanna stay, I'm gonna create a spot for you to stay. Like that was the type of impact that she had that our presence like, you know what, we need to keep you here. I'm gonna create a spot for you. And as long as you want it, you have it. Like to me, those are the type of people that, that I want to be around. And those are the type of people that I wanna hire. And she's done such an incredible job that he's probably gonna continue this position. He's like, as long as we can hire former players to be in this extra GA spot, then I wanna hire him. Because it's, it's funny, man, you hire the right type of people and you, and you have success and you do things the right way. It's funny how things get added to you. Like this is, we have two spots that I wasn't expecting to have, but because of the type of people that we've had. And it's, the thing about it is so many people want that overnight success. And when you build things the right way, it takes some time. And so this program looks nothing like when we first got it, but because of the people we've had and the investment that, that people have made here and the type of people we've had, we've been able to, to add things uh, every year. And, and Kate's a huge part of that. So thank you for what you've done and, and how you poured into her. I just want to make a quick comment, if I may. Um, Jason, the, um, the family like atmosphere and vibe that exists amongst the players and the coaching staff and you there, it's very um, evident and you can feel it. Um, we go up and, well, used to pre-COVID go up and watch games <laughs> um, when they would play in Oklahoma. And, you know, we were always welcomed with open arms. I don't feel that that was just simply because we're family, but they, you know, talked to my daughter. She played basketball and, and pray and, you know, just, and even the connection that was there after the games, we come back home and still interact with players on social media and, hey, how's it going? Send pictures back and forth. The, the atmosphere and the vibe and the bond that is there is, is very, very evident. And it's a wonderful thing. I think you are doing an amazing job up there. I'm very, very proud of you. So you keep that up. I can tell that's like a, it's a family. It's not like a family. It is a family. Uh, I'm I'm surprised a couple other my assistant coaches are on here because they that's when they argue it's like real life family like you like they have real life arguments every day it's not just it's like yeah I do realize we're at the office right right now like but that's just that's just how we are and 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 what's what's fun about it is like we'll have recruits here and we don't change like we don't do sales pitches like we we just are ourselves when we have recruits come and they see it and I think you know, for a recruit coming in, like they're coming into a high stress environment a lot of times and they don't know how they're going to be. Can I be myself? And then when they see us just acting like family, then 
they relax and they're themselves. And that's how I think a lot of times people feel comfortable and they want to come here because they're like, I don't got to be somebody else to be here. I can be myself. And, and they're okay with that. And like we're pre COVID, we were huggers. We hug everybody, everybody's family. Like that's just, if you're going to come in our office, you're coming into our home. Like we're going to treat you like family. And, um, that's just who we are. And that's the type of people I want to be around. That's who I want to hire. And that's the type of players I want. And it, it took a, it was a process to get it this way. But I think that, you know, when you have, when you know what you want and, and you're able to, to develop that, then, then this is the product you get. And, and that's, this is why I love my job. Like I'm not in a rush to leave. I'm not in like, I'm at a division two school, but I think we built it to be, the best division two school in the comp or in the country. Um, and we have great people. I think that's why people stay because, and then they might not be getting paid the most amount of money, but the environment that they get to work in every day, the people they get to work with every day. And like we get paid to work and have fun and be around great people. And it's, there's nothing better than that. Agree. And when I was sitting here, just kind of hearing what everybody said, there were a couple of things that came to me. Uh, and I put it on a chat, Matthew 6 and 33. And just like Kendra was saying, it won't be your last because it's what you said. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. You said it out of your own mouth. And so when you said it's funny how when things line up and when you do things the right way, things are added to you. And so in that moment, I don't even know what you spoke, like if you know what you spoke, but in that moment, it was talking about a GA spot, right? But there are so many other things that's going to come out of that verse, out of that promise, not only at your school, but, you know, Coach Paul, he's not here today, but one of the biggest things he always says is be where your feet are. And he'll, you know? be where your feet are, you know? And so because of what you just said, because you're where your feet are, you're fully and wholly invested at commerce right now. You're not thinking about the next. You talked about how you used to do it that way, but now you do it the right way. So second, you know, I'm giving my second that emotion from Kendra and it's in the word, exactly what it says. And, and, and going back a little bit to what you said earlier, when you talked about God will take us through things and he'll take us through the fire, but it won't burn us. I thought about Isaiah 43 and two. Right. And it says, when you pass through waters, I'll be with you uh -huh. um, and rivers. They shall not overwhelm you. You'll walk through the fire, but you'll not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. And so you've gone through all those things. You've had those tests for these testimonies and you're doing things the right way. You know, they always tell you when you know better, do better. Right. Uh -huh. And I and I add an extension to that. When you know God, do better. When you know his teachings, do it. When you right. know ask of you yield to it and so that's what you're doing so seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you so there's a question i do have to add uh ask you that's a little bit more on the you know fun layback side i'm just gonna go right. it out there for you so how how do you handle the fact that you've never beaten your brother in a one-on-one and also with your wife being that hey listen listen this faith base about to turn to the left ain't it <laughs> but how do you truly how do you, handle, how do you handle the conversations after a game with being in such a basketball um rich family or sports rich family how do you handle that because they know what they're talking about you know it's one thing everybody thinks there there's a coach right and i can't even take this i was having a conversation with coach Brittany ezel 
at East Tennessee State. And she was saying, it's so funny, no one sits there and criticizes the plumber, right? No one says, hey, you're doing it wrong. No one criticizes, you know, anybody else, a doctor and say, hey, you sure you shouldn't have? But right. a coach, everybody knows the answer for the coach. Everybody bum rushes you after game, win, lose, or draw. Hey, you should have probably played her. How do you handle that environment, win, lose, or draw, when you have so many basketball minds within your family? So I have, I have a, uh, we have a 24 hour rule in my house. Like my wife can't talk to me about basketball for 24 hours after a game. Like you cannot talk about, you can't because she tried and unless there's a win. <laughs> so she got to talk a whole lot last year. If there's a, if we win, then I, you can say what you want. Like, that's fine. You think I should have did that? We, we won the game, whatever. But uh, we have a 24 hour rule in my house that, that we're just not going to talk about the game for 24 hours. Cause in that moment, like you just don't want to hear it. I'm still processing. I'm still reflecting. I don't even, I very rarely address my team in the locker room after the game, like win or lose. I may, I may highlight a good point, but we go into the locker room and we pray and we get out win or lose. And then the next day, let's, let's, let's let the film talk about the game because the win is never as good as you thought it was, and the loss is never as bad as you thought it was. So before you say something that's going to do more harm than good, watch it and figure it out. Because a lot of times you just want to go in the locker room and you want to vent because it's going to make you feel better. But it's actually causing more damage than good because a lot of times they already know that they messed up. They already feel bad about it. And then all you did was go in and make it worse. And one of the things that I feel like we've had to coach more on the women's side than on the men's side is confidence. And I don't want to go in there and destroy confidence or make somebody feel worse because of something that I may think was really bad. But then when I go back and watch the film, like, well, she did that because somebody didn't do what they were supposed to do. And I'm really, I went her for the wrong reason. And so a lot of times we just pray and we get out and, and then we'll talk about it the next day and we'll correct what needs to be corrected and we'll move forward from it. But at home, you know, I, I think just having like my brother, like we don't talk about, we don't really talk about the games like that unless, unless somebody asks, it's different. Like if somebody asks your opinion, then that's one thing, but just to come out and openly say what you think, like, because I think we both know, we've been there. Like we've experienced it. Like you don't even mean to say anything. Like that's fine. And a lot of times if my wife says something, it's out of like defense for me. Like she's always going to have my back. And so she's like, why, why did so-and-so do? Sorry. We'll talk about it later on. But uh, the 24 hour rule says the first thing we implemented when we got married, because I said, I want to stay married to you. So let's go ahead and do this. It'll be good for both of us in the long run. I think that's amazing. I think a couple of us uh, agree with you. That's our rule too. I tell my parents that. I tell my family that. Just give me a minute. And it's exactly what you said. And I think that's a great perspective um, to have as a coach. You know, we talk about perception, vector points, right? And so if I, I could see something from my vantage point, right? But that doesn't mean that that's how it happened. And we were upset, especially building that confidence. Like you said, that's the biggest thing. I teach at a Title I school where individuals, that's, that's what they're trying to, they're being, you know, 
talked down to at home or maybe not poured into at all. And so then you come in and because you're heated, you've now said something that could not only kill that child's emotional, you know, and their confidence building that night, but for years to come. Right. You know, I have players that years later, they tell me, well, I remember back when I was in middle school, my coach said X, Y, Z. I mean, I can attest to that as well. If it wasn't for a strong mother and brother and, and support system and great coaches down the line, there's some coaches that to this day, that's what drives me to be a great coach. Right. I can't say that about them. So I'm so thankful just for that. I think all of us should put that in our coaching arsenal um, and just remember that because hot heads can't think correctly. So I think right. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, half time, I'm not even mad at the player. I'm half the, I'm, I'm mad at the ref that, that – Hey, that everybody. Crazy. Everybody. Or, the fan, was, right? There was a parent behind me that was talking the whole time. And I'm like – Yes, whole bit. I'm not, I'm not even mad at you. I'm mad at your mom for the crazy stuff that she was saying behind the bench. And I know that's not you, but a lot yeah. of times, like, <clears throat> we want to take out on a player what the parent is doing. And, like, the, and half the time the player is thinking, like, mom, will you just be quiet? Like, they're on your side. They're like, I know. And I have to hear when I go home. Because they're not, the parent's not in practice and all that. And, and the player, oh. a lot of times, the player gets it. They understand it. <clears throat> but yet, all the mom or the parent sees is what they're seeing in that moment. They don't know everything else that led up to that moment. Right. So, um, you know, again, it's, the, it's those 30 days that you're like, man, you don't know what's happening the other 335 days that this is why this is what's happening in the game. And your son or daughter is not playing as much or your son or daughter is only playing this bit or they didn't do what they were supposed to do. And just because you're seeing it from a fan's perspective doesn't mean you know where they were supposed to be in that moment. So, I think that's so true. I think uh, we need to talk off off on another day because I my envision is they call for parents and have the actual coaches there, and y'all say those things right there. Hey, you know, you actually feel your child is X Y Z, but let me tell you, as a person recruiting your child or not, that's not the case. I think there just needs to be a call, put those parents on it, and let it rip. I, I really think that's something we're going to work on. <laughs> Let's do it. But, Coach, I thank you so much in all honesty and seriousness for just being here today. I mean, just the wisdom that, you know, you impart. You're always, always talking about today uh, wanting to be at a certain place by a certain age. But let me tell you, your wisdom goes beyond uh, your age. God has truly done a work in you and continues to do a work in you. And I'm just so thankful that you don't hold it to yourself and keep it close to your vest because the things that you've said today, the way you poured into us, we needed that. We needed to hear it. I was talking to somebody earlier and I said, you know, we just, y'all hear me say this over and over again, working to normalize coaches of faith. And I just thank you so much for, you know, recognizing where your help comes from. And that is why you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So I can't wait to have a front row seat to see all these things he's about to add to you. I, I just appreciate it. So I'm gonna give you the opportunity to say anything in closing. That my, you brother say, my brother said he has a comment, so I wanna hear that first. Oh, please, please go, Brian. <laughs> uh, I think you can hear me now, I'm off mute. <laughs> go ahead. Hold on. Can you hear me now? Yep. It probably was God saying me, like, hold up now. Hold up. <laughs> uh, no, awesome job today. Uh, you, you know, as close as you are to people, sometimes you forget about all the amazing things in their story that makes them who they are. Um, so just great to go back down memory lane and kind of hear some of the parts I didn't 
know all the perspective of, but uh, I tell him this all the time, and I'll say it to whoever's listening or to the recording, whoever watches it, but uh, one of the most, if not the most, elite coaches in the country for any level, any sport. I just think when you can create culture where your staff members actually want to hang out with you outside of the office, and you go to, like, CABC or some coaches convention and they're not running from you when they get a free time and they actually want to hang out, uh, says a lot about his culture. But then also former players coming back, uh, the players that are there, and I just think all the details, but yet the, the perfect balance of tough love, but yet serving leadership all in one, high expectations, high performance standards, but yet uh, a, a culture that's built on love. Uh, trust and, and just togetherness. So I salute him all the time. It's great to be able to hear his story again and for more people to know about him. Um, I'm kind of his uh, unofficial agent to try to, you know, help people understand how great he is. But uh, I'm biased. I know how much he's impacted my life. Although I'm the older brother, uh, his iron has been much sharper than mine in many ways, and he's just helped me so much. So I know he's doing big things, and, and uh, again, I just want him to have a chance to share his testimony because all of it has been rooted in faith, and he's always been that way. But how he handled the girls, like he talked about uh, when that first happened, when he first got his job, and how he handled uh, not only winning one game, because I know how competitive he wanted to be, like you said, be the best high school coach in the country. They usually win more than one game. But he handled it as if he still was the best high coach in the country. So I think the way he's handled – his failures and his struggles uh, says way more about his character. And there's a favorite quote we both have from Martin Luther King that um, it's not the moments of comfort and convenience that define your, define your character, but the moments of challenging controversy. And I think he just showed how much of a true champion he is during challenging controversy continually. Uh, I've drawn on his story many times uh, for inspiration for myself, even though he is my brother and, I'm right up close to it. I've referred back to it many times, and uh, I'm so glad he got to have that year last year. Uh, and there will be many more, like uh, the coach said earlier. But I'm so glad he got to have that year because he's always been a champion, and now he gets the official trophy and rings and all that stuff for everybody else to see. So that's all I had. Great job. Thanks, Chelsea, once again. Always feels like I'm on ESPN when I come hang out with you. So uh, keep up the great work yourself. Appreciate you, man. We did get some really big rings, B. I think – I don't know if Coach Ty, I don't know if you have yours with you right now, but we we did. We we got to, got to have some nice rings this year. So, uh, But I'll say this, Coach G, uh, you touched on it earlier, like just hiring. And I'll say this, like as a head coach, I'm always trying to think ahead. And I'm always um, I'm always watching for you know, who, who is somebody I'd like to hire later on. And i tell you this, like somebody that's on this call and Kaylin Boyd who hadn't showed her face yet, but I've been watching her from afar and how she carries herself. And she's somebody that I would probably have on my staff um, at some point just because of the woman of faith that she is um, and how I've seen her carry herself. And I know she's affiliated with people on my staff too. I always look at, at my staff because I've hired good people that, well, who else do they know and who else are they affiliated with? Um, that's how I got my associate head coach who's been with me for the last five years was the assistant coach that was on my very first staff she was like, you need to hire this guy. You need to look at this guy. And because of who she was, I'm going to listen to her first. And, and I think trust is so big in this business. And I think that, that um, you know, I, I don't know that all head coaches really lean on and, and, and give, give way to their assistant coaches and allow their assistant coaches to really be themselves. Um, 
and allow them to shine um, and use their network and use their just let them be them because I think when you empower your assistant coaches, uh, it only it only helps your program. But uh, I, I love I love the platform, Chelsea. I'll come back anytime. I think this was this was awesome. It was great to be able to talk and be able to share and be able to hear from other people. Um, you know, anybody I'll say this: anybody that's on this call or anybody that, that watches the video, we're a very open uh, and transparent staff, and 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 we believe in building each other up, building people up. So if we can help in any way, shape or form, we will. If I can help in any way, I, I'm definitely about growing the game and about growing people. I think that this is what it's about. I know that there's been plenty of people that have helped me to get to where I am and have, that have made me a better coach, a better better father, better um, husband, better man. And so um, I think that's that's our job, that's our calling as as Christians is, and that's the, the great commission to go and make disciples, but to go and to make other people better. So. Uh, however we can do that, uh, we're all about it. Keep doing what you do, Chelsea. You're shining. You're doing great things, doing big things, and we appreciate it. No, I appreciate you so much for saying that. Totally humbled by all of it. Your family is so amazing, truly, truly, just to be in, in the midst of like-minded people. I tell people all the time, I'm just overwhelmed by the uh, paths God is leading me to and the relationships, being able to build. Uh, when people say we're shut in because of a pandemic, no, we're not. It's just about what you're trying to do. And so I'm just thankful to even be connected with you all now and just the man that you are, the family that all of you all are. And I appreciate you guys. So uh, do you mind closing us out in a prayer? Nah, I'd be happy to do that. Appreciate you. All right, let's bow. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for today. Father, we thank you for this time that we're able to spend together. Uh, you know, people took time away from their workday, from whatever they were doing to spend time um, growing with each other and, and growing in you, Father. And we thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for new relationships. I thank you for Chelsea and, and just what you are doing through her. Father, I pray specifically for her that you would continue to, to shine your light through her, help her to be salt and light um, for you. Father, I pray for every individual that's, that's on this call and everybody that watches this at a later date that you would um, work at their lives. Father, be, protect them and keep them safe during this time of, of craziness. Father, we pray for protection and for covering over them. We pray that um, you would help them to be just the best best version of, of, of them that they can be, Father. And I pray for those that, that don't know you, Father, that they would get a chance to get to know you. Uh, Father, we love you so much. We thank you for, for what you're doing, even though um, we can't always see what's going on. Father, we know that you're in control. Father, we love you for that. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.